Network with the top tier of the industry at this year's California Trina Conference. Featuring presentations from the top executives from CDFA and California's Trina Commodity Boards. Register at WCNGG.com and we'll see you in Tulare on November 3rd at the California Trina Conference. The My Ag Life Daily News Report is the go-to daily ag news source for California agriculture. The hour-long daily news report can be heard every Monday through Friday at 5 a.m. and is available on demand with the My Ag Life app. Download it for free at myaglife.com. This podcast is sponsored by Soil and Crop Incorporated, your number one resource for sustainable crop nutrition by putting nature to work for you. Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by the top publications in the industry, West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazine. Here is your host, Taylor Chalstrom. Hi, this is Taylor with My Ag Life. We wrapped up our annual Crop Consultant Conference last week, and I got the chance to speak with UCCE IPM specialist Kent Dana about his talk at the conference, which discussed biology of and pest management strategies for vine mealybug in grapevines. Here is that interview from the conference. Kent, can you give us a general little overview about vine mealybug first to start off? Sure. So vine mealybug has become one of the most important pests of vineyards in California. We know it came from the middle, uh, middle eastern area, probably Israel. Normally it is from the Mediterranean region. So you can find vine mealybug populations from Spain to France to Italy to Greece. Also in North Africa, Egypt, Israel. Um, our population is most likely from Israel and most likely came from someone bringing in table grape material from that country. Uh, this is why it's so important not to bring in wood that you don't know where it's from. That is a really good point. I'm curious, you know, these vine mealybugs, they have this really distinct appearance. It's almost like this white velvety look. Are they really easy to spot? Uh, out there. That's what's so funny is that they're actually not easy to find at the beginning of an infestation. So all the photos that you see are close-up pictures usually of the adult stages. They've got this wax secretion that covers their body. Each time they molt, they lose that and they become kind of a slight pinkish or purplish colored insect. And the crawlers, the first instar stage, is only about a millimeter in size. And so you can get thousands of mealybugs on a vine underneath the bark and not see them at all. It's really when the population gets much larger where they're starting to secrete so much honeydew that the growers start to realize the population's there. That's why I like to use pheromone traps. You can see the population building up in the vineyard before you can actually find it clustered on a corner of the vineyard block on five or six vines really important and that was one thing you brought up in your presentation a lot the, the use of pheromones and mating disruption for this pest how big of a problem has this pest really been in grapevines and how can mating disruption be used to kind of mitigate it at this point so again I think in my opinion is it's the most important insect pest of vineyards right now in California California is the only state in North America that's got the vine mealybug. Other states, Oregon, Washington, um, throughout the East Coast have got the native grape mealybug. 
So the vine mealybug is an invasive mealybug pest, which is in California, and it really has changed our pest management program. So for example, we just lost Lorsban. Lorsban was really primarily used for vine mealybug as a delayed dormant. And if you look at crop use reports from Oregon and Washington, you don't see Movento being used very commonly. You never saw Lorsban being used very much. That's because those products and Admire were really focused on this vine mealybug. So it definitely has changed the insecticide use in California and of course the mating disruption use as well. We're gonna be right back after a word from our sponsors. Soil and Crop Incorporated is your number one resource for sustainable nutrition. Growers are faced with difficult challenges and Soil and Crop Inc. has the experience, fertilizer, and biological portfolio to dramatically increase yield and performance in your troubled orchards and fields. Contact Soil and Crop Incorporated today for a free consultation on how we can help reverse the challenges you face as a conventional or organic grower so you can increase your bottom line and become a better sustainable farmer. Contact us today at 559-564-1236 or visit our website at www.callnrg.com. Soil and Crop, putting nature to work for you. You stress the importance of main disruption as well as insecticide use kind of in tandem. And you mentioned uh, this study you did where combining two insecticides, kind of a double application actually seemed to work better if I'm not mistaken. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so that's another good point from the talk. And it's not so much that in the past a single insecticide did not work. Years and years ago when vine bug first got into California, when we would put on Admire, a neonicotinoid, uh, through the drip system, we ended up with season-long control. And then slowly, it didn't seem to work quite as well. Then we found Movento, Spiratetramat. We put that on as a single application. We got you know year-long control. Sometimes we didn't see a millibug for two years. Now growers seem to be going in with more than one insecticide to try to bring the millibug population down to control. And remember, the millibug is a vector of grape leaf roll associated virus. So in the past, when growers were thinking about control for a cosmetic pest of grapes, now for wine grapes, they're thinking about it as an insect vector. So the tolerance has really decreased. We have to keep the population much lower than we used to consider an economic threshold. Definitely, and uh, one, one thing you mentioned about getting that population threshold down or that population in general is uh, using insecticides to get it to a level and then implementing right. a maiden disruption to get it to an even lower level than the insecticides can do on their own. You know, how important really is that? Right, and that's why the combination of insecticides are sometimes useful. There's a lot of good products out there. We've got organophosphate still. Some are registered. Carbamate still. One is registered. But uh, Movento, the neonicotinoids, the insect growth regulators. Uh, these are all great, but we don't want to use one all the time. We want to mix our chemistries to help reduce or slow down the development of resistance. And mating disruption, it's a, a great tool added to the toolbox, but just think about it. You've got this clumped population of mealybugs. You've got a male emerging as a winged adult male, a little tiny insect. But if the vine has got a thousand mealybugs and the male has to move one inch to find a female, 
it's going to move one inch and find a female. Mating disruption works when the population is so low, the male's got to take flight to find the female two, three, four vines down the way. And so mating disruption needs to have that population low. It works out great in one way, too. Insecticides, we've got a lot of good products. If you've got a high millibug population and you put on any of the standard materials, you're going to get 90, 95% kill or more. But there's still a population that remains. So mating disruption works better at those lower densities. So it works in combination with insecticides. Use insecticides first, mating disruption once you've got the population controlled to maintain a low level and to keep moving it lower and lower each year, and then start to use it in combination with some of the good natural enemies like the parasites that work fairly well at low mealybug densities as well. Yeah, you actually talked about a couple of those biologicals uh, and in your presentation as well. I forget at the moment which specific one you referenced. You put a video of it up on the screen. Can you explain that one and how it's being implemented at the moment? Uh, maybe sure. any of the work that's being done. So the natural enemies kind of fall out into two groups, predators and parasitoids. Of the predators, there's really two important groups, the green lacewings and the mealybug destroyer, or the beetles. Green lacewing is uh, kind of a light green as an adult, uh, long wings, looks very fragile as it flies. The larvae have got sickle-like mouth parts. And in fact, if you're a Star Trek fan, I think it was the second movie when Sulu had an alien invade his body, and what they showed was a close-up of a green lacewing coming out of Sulu's ear. Uh, instead of doing some kind of great big mechanics, or uh, this was before they did a lot of, of video alteration with, with uh, I don't even know what you call it these days. Uh, CGI. CGI. Yeah. yeah, this was just a little green lacewing that you can buy from one of the insectaries. It was literally a green lacewing. It was literally a green lacewing coming out of Sulu's ear, just a close-up of that. So uh, these predators work fairly well when the mealybug density is somewhat high. Mm-hmm. I'm a little, and D- David Havlin's doing a great job now looking at dispersion. My issue with these predator groups is getting it out in the vineyard and spreading it out so the population is still viable, strong, alive, able to kill the mealybug. Mm-hmm. The parasite, and the one I work with quite closely, is Anagyrus pseudococci, no common name. Uh, you can also purchase it from insectaries. It works a little bit better at mealybugs at lower densities. The issue with all of these is getting it from the insectaries and getting it out to the insect out to the field in a live, viable condition. Yeah. And in fact, we just bought a set of Anagyrus from a European company, and it was it there was 75% mortality when it arrived at our doorstep. Wow. So that's still an issue. They're out there naturally in your vineyard. There are things you can do to increase their numbers naturally. Most important thing is to manage your insecticides so you're not using a lot of the broad spectrum contact materials which kill these natural enemies. It's a good sentiment there. I have another question kind of related but unrelated. Um, you know, is, is this pest you know, you say it's vine mealybug. Vine mealybug is specific to California in terms of uh, North America, right? As an invasive species, As an invasive it's only species. been found in California, Oregon. It it can get there eventually, so be careful. And within California, is it really only certain 
regions or climates that it's in, or is it like extremely widespread within these vineyards? It's, it's very widespread within California. I don't know that it's in Mendocino yet. In fact, I've been told it's not in Mendocino. Okay. But from Coachella Valley up throughout Napa, Sonoma, throughout the Central Coast, you can find it. So. Okay. Well, thank you for providing some more information on sure. uh, this really seemingly important pest. Uh, hopefully, uh, with David Haviland's work, there will be some um, things to look forward to in terms of biologicals and hopefully insecticides and mating disruption in the future. Kenneth, thank you for being here today at the Crop Consultant Conference and here with me right now talking about this important subject. Thank you, Taylor. Of course. Thanks for listening. Subscribe for updates on new episodes, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.